Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the podcast. My name is Scott. I'm here with Laura Lee and Anna. Before we get started on today's topic, we are going to do a two-minute update of our week. So this week, the magazines came out. They are everywhere. They've always been available, probably a few new places. I don't keep track of that, but they are out. I've also been working on... Logos, videos, bunch of stuff coming out. Laura Lee, what have you been working on? So, really awesome news. Um, we are actually releasing an app on March 1st. So, everybody, mark your calendars. Um, it's going to be really, really awesome. It's going to have all of our content, video, podcast, our pictures, events. You'll be able to actually log in and interact with people from the community. So, it's going to be a really big deal. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be a really busy app. It's, it's really, really busy. Yeah. So, it's going to be cool. It's going really awesome. to have all the events. You're going to be able to check in places so like if you go to a stop on the burger tour you'll be able to be like i went there Woo-hoo. see that's great but all i hear from me is work <laughs> <For you>. <laughs> <laughs> no. no it's gonna be really i think a really great asset for the community so i'm i'm pretty excited about it um another really cool thing i actually got to attend um mckenzie tennessee's 150th birthday so they turned 150 and they actually had a proclamation with the mayor they had a really good cake they were at the local theater park theater and they had like old pictures and old movies kind of playing so that was that's pretty cool where's mckenzie at it's near jackson tennessee okay so it's yeah it's it's close it's like it's like after Bell, like Humboldt and Bells, then you get to McKenzie. So it's near over there. Well, I've been working on social media this week, getting stuff up. I've also been delivering magazines. So if you want to head out to Whiteville, Backerman's has a lot of magazines. See, we're recording at dinner time and I am real hungry and Backerman's has some delicious food. So if you're getting a magazine... Get a burger. What burger did we have? When we, we had went? the Yoder burger. The Yoder burger was great. Fantastic. Yeah, they have that and on Fridays. Chocolate coffee beans. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot about the chocolate coffee beans. They're in my um desk in my desk drawer. Those things are fantastic. And that's the two minute mark. Well, that's an odd segue. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, so after Anna weirdly cut us off, we're going to go on to the topic for this week, which is criticism. Criticism is something we get a lot being creatives. Um, I know I get a lot dealing with clients for ads, logos. I know Laura Lee gets it with the magazine layout from people internally. And plus, once the magazine comes out, it's Laura Lee's fault. Um, and Anna does the social media, so I know she gets a lot with that, too. Um, Laura Lee, when's the first time you had, like hard criticism that just ruined you i mean here or just anywhere? in general like the oh. first time you got criticized you remember i think um i mean there have been others but one that really sticks out um to me when i was in college one of my professors and he was a real mentor to me um he was a real mentor to you yeah he was so he was he was one of my mentors um and he we always you know spoke in his office i would go to office hours um i really just wanted to talk to him about the material um it was a really cool class it was like cultural perspectives so you would talk about everything like from religion religion philosophy history all that fun stuff so i wrote a paper and i thought it was really awesome and I ended up getting an A and it was great, but he was like, I want to like criticize your paper outside of what I would normally do for a student. And he absolutely like ripped it to shreds. 
just absolutely like just destroyed it. And I remember picking my paper up and going to my dorm and like bawling like a little baby and being like, mm, <laughs> I'm terrible. You know, I just, you know, and I think that's what most people feel. My, my first time getting criticism was kind of the same way. It was, I was taking a class for InDesign, which is a program we used to put the magazine together, but I was taking a class and the professor for that, we kind of became friends and I started off well in the class and I was doing good and I had good designs, but we had to redesign a menu and I had absolutely zero ideas for this and I really didn't care. And it showed, I turned it into something that was lackluster and it was like, just not even like Chris, just kind of disappointment. He's like, mm-hmm. you can do better. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I know I can. It was, <laughs> it was hard, man. It was, I mean, it's Chris is not, not tough. It's something I know I had to work on for a long time because like even still criticism like so like I send logos to Laura Lee before they go out to clients and she's the first line of criticism before they even go to the client and that's even that's hard and I know she's doing it in a way to better the product to make sure that the client is happy but it's still something that I know isn't personal but it feels it doesn't feel that way it come mm. No, it, it, it can sometimes come off as personal because it's something you've worked, you know, a lot of hours on and it, it, it it's kind of your baby project. And then you sent someone and go, I don't like it. You're like, well, fine. Anna, what about you? Also, I don't just say I hate it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. So I'll probably come up with a better story later when I've had more time to think about this than just, you know, the hour before we started the podcast. But, um... We're very prepared. Don't let her fool you. (laughs) No, we are. We are. It's just I've been thinking about this for, like, for a while, but I can't come up with anything, like, super good. Um, I do a lot of writing for the magazine. I do a lot of writing for the social media, for the different clients we have, um... And then actual articles for the magazine. And then, you know, I do some writing in my free time. Just a little. Nothing much, honestly. And having people look at it and be like, oh, you misspelled five things. I know I'm not very good at spelling. And I try to get things to go through, like, spell check and grammarly and stuff like that a whole bunch of times before I hand it off to someone. Sometimes I forget, though. See, writing is something I've never been good at, so I've never taken that personally, but I have always been good at art. It started, like, my sisters are both wonderful artists, and so is my mom, and so I always wanted to be like them, so I would draw it and draw it, and I'd go to school, and I would want to be the art guy, I'd be the guy who's good at drawing, and someone would come up and they'd have a better drawing, and I'd go in the corner and redo mine, make it better, and back and forth and back and forth, and it was... It was always personal then, but now it's it's now I'm to the point in my life where it's I just want to learn. And if you're better than me, cool. Teach me what you know. And if I'm better than you, then haha, I'm better than you. But also, I'm going to teach you what I know. I always love the saying. It's like if you're the smartest one or the best one in the room, then you need to be in the, a different room. I think that's my one of my favorite sayings. And that's really like you know that's I, I love that because when you feel like you're at the top of your industry, you need to find something to challenge yourself and to grow because there's no way you learn, you know, everything. I don't think I've ever been the smartest person in a room. (laughs) Oh no, I haven't for sure. (laughs) I think like maybe in some areas in like a small room, then maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Or like in my, like in a room with my friends sometimes about like, you know, computer stuff, then maybe, but that's. If it's me, myself and I, I'm going to lose. Even with social media, there's people that know so much more than me. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you, if I'm doing something wrong, please, please tell me Mm -hmm. because I would love to fix it and make it better so we can reach more people. 
Sorry, everybody. I have to stop the show real quick. I have some exciting news. We have our first sponsor, Nafies. And from Nafies, we have Judson Nafie. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his Super Saturday sale coming up Saturday, February 2nd. So Judson, why did you start doing the one day sale? I'm fourth generation grocer in my family. And as a kid, we used to always have these truck sales. We called them truckload sales. And they're always based on meat department. This was when we were one store and back in the day. And dad used to get a big 18-wheeler parked in the parking lot with a big banner on it. And, you know, you if you did them too often, you wear people out with them uh, and they lose their effectiveness. We try and do about four a year. We'll do one day, sometimes a two-day. Uh, talk about wear people out. My meat department, God bless them. They work hard. They're hardworking boys and girls, men and women back there that work their butts off for these sales. And uh, the customers ask for it. I mean, when we run one, um, they are waiting for it. We try and spread them out every, you know, two or three months. We typically don't do them in the winter, but we started doing the one for the Super Bowl a couple years ago because the Super Bowl is such a big holiday. The thing that worries me about the winter is, you know, the weather. But this week we hit a grand slam. It's going to be perfect Saturday. It's going to be a packed family up come to Nafis and buy some groceries, stay out of Wally World, and uh, come buy some groceries. Is everything on sale? I like to say everything's always on sale, much more <laughs> for sale. But um, you know, we, we have uh, we have ground beef, we have Boston butts. Um, our favorite, one of our biggest items in both our stores is Wright's bacon, Wright's brand bacon, big forty ounce pack. We have a, a deal on the forty ounce pack of Wright's bacon in both stores right now. That's just unreal. So you know, our meat is is really what we we push, and we try and you know push the items to bring you know our customers. We know our customers, and uh, we we run those. We have a big circle B, the big circle B sausages in these ads. It's just a really good all around, get your shopping cart, get there early, come in and buy some groceries. I would expect to be a lot of lines in the in the store because when we do these, it's like Black Friday for us. I mean, people come in and they're ready for this. We have people travel for an hour away. I mean, I've got a lady that comes, we've got several people that come from Whitefield. We've got Millington, we've got Halls, Henning, Dyersburg, Brownsville. They all, they, they people follow our ads now on Facebook and, and you can register for our ads on our websites, nafees.com or, or nafeescashsaver.com. And, and the two stores are separate. They do have separate ads. So, you you know, the Mufford store is nafees.com. The Covington store is nafeescashsaver.com. And you do have to make sure you're looking at the right ads when you come in the stores. What are the phone numbers for both locations and who do they need to talk to? Uh, the number in Mufford is 901-837-0056. And my deli manager's name is Sonia. In Covington, if you want some fried chicken things or if you just want anything I mean we can do it's a party it's a Super Bowl party it's one of the best days of the year except the Saints aren't in it this year um uh 901-476-8213 and ask for Dina she's my deli bakery manager there Nafee's has been open for over 100 years and has been providing great customer service since the beginning. If there is something not in stock that you need, they will get it for you. They care about your wants and what you need. So please go give them a visit in Covington or in Mumford. And now, back to the show. I really love when you finally reach the point where you can actually take criticism and like put it in a box and just like assess it. So like when you, and that to me, like I know when I started doing websites, I as well, like I felt like sometimes like, man, I'm failing. I'm doing such a bad job if I'm getting all this criticism. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, I'm so glad that I got criticism to improve myself and to really like challenge me to look at different viewpoints. And so I think that 
for me, like growing and it's still hard to accept criticism sometimes, especially when you put long hours into a project. But I think for, for me here, I love presenting stuff to you guys and you guys tearing it apart because I know that it's when it leaves that it's been torn apart so much that hopefully there won't be much tearing to do at the end. Yeah. That's why I, when I write an article that's going to go in the magazine, I give it to my mother and I have her read through it Mm -hmm. and she will, um, honestly, I really just want her to change whatever needs changing, like at a period, Mm -hmm. but she won't, she won't just do that. She goes through each piece of like what's wrong. And if I need a comma here or a quotation mark there to phrase something better and it's ultimately made my writing better those criticisms because she they come from someone with love and that really so helps h- how do you too. feel about yourself as a critic like criticizing your own work because i know for myself being an artist i am my own worst critic and it it's horrible i worked on a logo for a day and a half and we sent to the clients and i went back to it an hour later i see all my flaws and i don't like it anymore and i thought that logo was amazing but like but that logo was amazing like you showed that, it to me like different at different stages through yeah, the process yeah i know and I, I know it's a good logo but that that's what Criticism as myself makes me better because I mm-hmm. see it now. I'm like, oh, it's a horrible logo. I can do so much better. And that's what, because I showed it to Anna through all the steps and it started out very simple, but it evolved so much because I kept going back to it and back to it and back to it. So that's one thing how the criticism, how I criticize myself that makes me better. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, when I'm, I keep going back to writing, but um, it's what I do here. <laughs> um, when I, I try to listen through the interview for what I'm writing and then sometimes I'll just jot notes down and write as much as I can and then come back to it a day or so later and then read through it and try and flush out some pieces, take out pieces that don't work. Um, so at, Sometimes I'll interview somebody, write a little something the next day and then come back a week later and um, looking through it and deciding, you know, if this isn't good or if this is it really helps the writing process and getting everything together before it needs to be turned in. So we're going to give you guys some ways that we kind of have succeeded in getting better at taking criticism and things you should do when you receive criticism. So Scott, tell me tell me how you've gotten better at taking it and then what you do when people give it to you to kind of deconstruct the criticism. I want to say never take it personally, but sometimes it's personal. If it's coming from a place of love and of someone wanting the work to be better, then it's not personal. It's not meant to hurt you. It's They want you to grow. They want their product to look better. It, it, it it's, it's meant to help. It's not anything bad. But if the person's being a jerk and is like, oh, I'm so much better than you. Your logo sucks. Well, then just ignore that person. I love where people say, like, <laughs> take it seriously, not personally. So another really good thing I always think about is remind yourself that you don't know exactly where that person's coming from. When people give criticism to you, one, like embrace opportunity, but two, they may be going through something in their life that they may not be in the best place to actually give you that criticism. They may be having a really bad day. They may have a lot of stress and like, you know, in their mind, they may not be able to word something as like, you know, nice and fluffy and, you know, just sweet as, you know, sometimes we need to hear because sometimes I think that we're human beings, we're fragile. So I think that's a... Well, that's, that, I did work for a guy one time. He needed some posters and some logos and stuff. So I we worked up a deal where we were going to do, do trade work. I, I was going to you know do some work for him for X amount of product that he had. And we started going through it. And I decided I need the money. I don't need this product. 
So I, I let him know. I was like, hey, before we continue, I, I'm going to need money instead of this product. And it was going to be $500 worth of stuff. And I was only asking for like $300. And he was upset. So his criticism was of how I handled the situation, which I, I still disagree with. But his criticism came from a place of being upset. And it was... He was still, even though he was upset, trying to help me, but I I didn't take it as him trying to be mean. I didn't take it as, you know, I'm never going to work with you again. Because we, we worked together again. He sent me a guy to do his logo the next day. Like, he wasn't mad. He, he was just like upset. That yeah, yeah. At that moment, he was just yep. upset, and we had to get past it. And his criticism helped me to learn, don't do that again. If I need the money, <laughs> just say it up front. Yep. So Anna, what's um what's one thing that you kind of look at and on how to take criticism and kind of what you've learned or you know kind of some advice on when you how to deconstruct feedback? You know, you got to ask questions. If you're getting uh, criticism, you have to get feedback from that criticism and make sure you understand it. Make sure you're listening when they they're telling you. Don't let your emotions get ahead of you. Just make sure that you're hearing what they're saying. And if possible, take notes because you're going to want to improve. You're not going to be able to retain it all. Um, I was giving a presentation while I was in college and we had um, a social media plan and I picked a museum for mine. And <laughs> for that project, we had to give a presentation before we turned in the final project. And after I gave my presentation, there was some feedback that my professor gave me, some criticism, some helpful things. I, to this day, cannot tell you what he said because I did not have anything. I didn't take anything up there with me and I didn't ask him to wait so I could take notes. And that criticism did not help me because I had no clue what he was saying. So I just turned in the final project like I gave the presentation, which, you know, knocked me down a grade score, but that's okay. Definitely be prepared Mm -hmm. when you're, is going to be able to give you that criticism. Oh yeah. Always take paper to meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Always always take take notes. notes. (laughs) I think one thing as humans is that getting criticism puts us the first jump reaction we get is to put us in like a very vulnerable space and also kind of a, you get a fear reaction. And I think that's where taking it personally really comes from is, you know, you're automatically, you're going to take it personally and you're kind of going to fear what the other person's going to say. But you know what makes it so much worse is when the person goes, don't take this personally. Well, yeah. Don't leave with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me. Just, yeah. Just tell it to me straight. Yeah. So what kind of feedback do you guys like? I know me, like, I like not feedback. I, I like feedback that will help me improve what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I, I like stuff that will allow me to either ask for help or get somebody else uh, to look at it and tell me, you know, this is what so-and-so said. Do you see the same thing? How would you change this? How do you think I can change this? My favorite time for criticism is the night before we go to press. <laughs> Because as we're trying to get the magazine done, it is past the point of being polite. We turn off the magazine, we give it to everybody, and we say, tear it apart. And we come back with a stack full of magazines, and you're like, okay, here's everything that's wrong with it. You're like, that's three magazines worth of stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. And so it's not personal. We just got to get it done. We got to get it right, and we want you guys to enjoy it. And that's, honestly, that's the best time is when you don't have time to process it as anything but constructive. And you know, mistakes you do see in the magazine 
are things that three to five people have missed. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing them, um, then you have a really good eagle eye, I guess. Is that the way? You're smarter than and you're hired. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you it, you can always catch things in hindsight, maybe not in the moment. That's why we yeah. try and plan as far ahead as we can with each magazine. And that's why we try to have such strict deadlines so we can get the most perfect piece out to y'all. Yeah, because yeah. us being so close to the magazine, we read it, we go through it, we read it backwards yep. to front, try and catch all the mistakes. I think that's... But- my favorite thing though like when we approach it from like a team criticism angle and when we can like we tear it apart but then we discuss the actual revisions and sometimes we actually end up either compromising and coming like halfway or sometimes we change it or sometimes we leave it the same after discussion yeah so i think that's always a really good thing to do and it's always fun once we get the magazine because we do the same thing to Mm -hmm. make sure we didn't miss anything and (laughs) we usually do we're sorry every once in a while but we'll get it we'll open it we'll flip through it and we'll go ah crap laura lee why'd you do that scott why'd you leave this in it's like i'm sorry i thought it looked good like it's just hannah i thought you i told you to change that spelling (laughs) like literally every single time they're coming off the truck like we are about to open the pallet we open the pallet grab a magazine i'm always like i don't want to open it i'm I'm like (laughs) i'm always terrified we're gonna see something's gonna be i am so excited i'm always so excited to um get the magazines out mostly because i don't do anything with layout i'm just articles and revisions and stuff but i'll in the first week i can thumb through the magazine and come out to pretty much any article but after that week i have to put sticky notes to find articles (laughs) yep Okay, so basically with criticism, just don't don't take it personally. You know, it, it's meant to help. It's it's a good thing. It's but you know, we all struggle with it. We've been doing this for a few years and we still struggle with it. But um before we go, I wanted to do something different that I heard on another podcast that might be fun is what are you listening to, what are you watching or reading this week? And so I'll go first. I watched a video today during lunch of a guy blacksmithing a sword. I didn't I learned a lot from it, nothing that I'm to use but it was it was super entertaining the guy they so when you're making a sword you have to you have to heat treat it so it makes it stable and last longer or last longer, be stronger and he didn't have anything uh to do that with so he took three toaster ovens cut them in half and welded them together so he could temper the sword at the same time that's that's wild <laughs> it's super super dangerous <laughs> Let's see. Um, I think so far as podcasts, I'm listening to Stories from the Trail. It's about the um, AT and like through hiking that. And so it's just people that have been through hiking that. I have always wanted to hike the AT, but I am way too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening to Gary Vee. He's one of my mentors. Like I love him. So I'm listening to him. And then someone that I been watching for like the last year they're hiking the continental divide trail and so that's like the third trail or not the third but one of the three triple crown trails and hiking so you got the pct the at and cdt so pacific crest trail that's you know from california or excuse me like basically mexico to canada in the west the at the appalachian trail and that goes from uh, georgia all the way up to maine and then the continental divide kind of just like a nice wraparound trail so yeah. I'm listening to celebrity podcasts, celebrities that have podcasts, like David Tennant released his first podcast this weekend, and then Kim Rhodes 
the mom on Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Mm-hmm. She has a podcast, and I've been what listening she to that. About? <laughs> she talks about all kinds of things. Like this week is about food. Last week was about sleep. Honestly, I don't know why I'm surprised. What does David Tennant talk about? David Tennant's Doctor interviewing Who? other yes. celebrities. So well, that's cool. This week is Olivia Coleman. Next week will be Jodie Whittaker. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that. Um, Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews we get, the higher up in the charts we go, the more people will see us. Follow us on Spotify. But that being said... And pick up a magazine. Pick up a magazine. Okay. Now that being said, (laughs) bye. Bye. Bye.